name. Praise him, everything. Come on, let's praise him. Praise him. Everybody, praise him. Praise him. Let everything praise the king. Oh, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let every voice his praises sing. Our God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Let everything praise the king. Oh, sing it. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let every voice his praises sing. For God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Let everything praise the king. Oh, hallelujah. What a spirit in this place. Praise is comely. Praise is glorious. Hallelujah. Praise lifts up. Praise puts the devil down. Praise gets you the victory. Praise is beautiful. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, some of you are saying, well, if this really heats up, I think I might turn on. He's God in the Holy Ghost. The Lord our God is one. I know God is God. And God don't never change. I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. Well, he's God in the Father revealed in the Son. Same God in the Holy Ghost. The Lord our God is one. I know God is God. And God don't never change. I know God is God. And some of you need to get out of that pew. You need to get out of that pew and you need to dance before the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to do your two-step or whatever you do. But you need to give God the glory. Jesus is his name. Well, he's God and the Father. Same God in the Son. Same God in the Holy Ghost. The Lord our God is one. I know God is God. And God don't never change. I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. Well, he's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder rolls. God way up in heaven. And I feel him in my soul. I know God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. Well, he's God in the Father. Same God in the Son. Same God in the Holy Ghost. The Lord our God is one. I know God is God. And God don't never change. I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. Well, he's God in Oklahoma. He's God in Tennessee. He's God right here in Hutchinson. God all over me. I know God. I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. Well, he's God in Oklahoma. He's God in Tennessee. He's God right here in Hutch. And he's God all over me. 
is God and God don't never change I know God is God and Jesus is his name oh hallelujah well he's God when I'm dancing and you think I should chill but honey if this rubs you wrong I'll be more vile still cause God is God and God don't never change God loves praise and Jesus is his name well he's God when I'm dancing and you think I should chill but honey if this rubs you wrong I'll be more vile still cause God is God and God don't never change God loves praise and Jesus is his name well he's God when the spirit's moving and you feel it up and down your spine you start running shouting jumping and dancing having a holy ghost time oh yeah he's god when the spirit's moving and you feel it up and down your spine you start running shouting jumping and dancing having a holy ghost time because god is in the house and god don't never change because God is in the place and Jesus is his name well he's God in the Father same God in the Son same God same God Holy Ghost Holy Ghost he is one wow wow yeah I said he's God in the Father revealed in the Son same God God in the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost our God is one I said God is God and God don't never change Woo! please God when I'm dancing and you think I should chill but honey in this rupture wrong, I'll be more vile still cuz God is God and God don't never change Shout, dance, shout, sing all night, all 
tonight. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody make a joyful noise. Somebody make a joyful noise. Shout for joy. Whistle for the Lord. Oh, sing his praise. Exalt in his glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, yes, I feel it. Oh, yes, I feel it. There's something about this Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I feel it. Oh, yes, I feel it. And I want to preach to you about the promise. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. Oh, excuse me, just one minute. I'll get a spanking when I get home. I always get like this. I forget. I get wound up in the Holy Ghost. And I forget to thank folks. Some lady, I don't know who you are. Would you raise your hand, the lady that this morning brought groceries to the trailer? Are you here? Right there. God bless your heart. Um, that is so thoughtful. And, and Brother Elder and them have been so kind to give us allowance for uh, taking care of our grocery needs and different things. But that is just out of the generosity of the heart like that to bring something. And I'll tell you, everything you brought is stuff we use. And we appreciate it. This church has been kind. I thank Brother Grubber and Brother... Oh, I said it wrong. Okay. How's it go? Grubs. Hey, that was close enough. That wasn't that funny. Brother Grubs. What's the difference if you're a grub or a grubber? It's all the same, isn't it, Brother Grubber? I mean, Brother Grubs. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, that man worked in the, one of the hottest days we had this week. But uh, this year, Brother Elder said, I guess following the deal here. And, and fixed us up with the power. Thank God for the power. You know, I mean, I got the Holy Ghost power, but that Holy Ghost power don't work that air conditioner. We had one day, in fact, two days. Where it got up to be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. 
Verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise. Everybody say the promise. Might be sure to all the seed. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. If you can turn quickly just a few pages back uh, toward Galatian there. To Galatian chapter 3 verse 14. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That the blessing of Abraham, 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 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. A man who lived almost 4,000 years ago is very relative to you and your life today. Every one of you. You may say, preacher, what in the world do I care about Abraham? I say you ought to listen up to what the Word of God has to say about Abraham. Because you is a Gentile. And the blessing of Abraham, God intended to come on the Gentiles. Through Jesus Christ. And he pinpoints that blessing by saying that we might receive the promise. Of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. Uh, tells the story of the calling of Abraham. Way back in the beginnings. When God called Abraham out. Of his homeland. And from his country. And God when he called Abraham Demanded some things of Abraham. You mean God requires things? Yes. God requires things. You mean it's not just, I just think about God and intellectually conceive of God and go on drinking my buds and smoking my lucky strikes and watching my, my boob tube and, and, and living my own uh lascivious or just simply profligate lifestyle and I'm saved by grace we're talking about the blessing of Abraham coming on the Gentiles Abraham whom God called out and used Abraham as an example to all the world what it means to enter into a covenant with God what it means to enter into a relationship with God. And the first thing God did was said, Abraham, you got to change your lifestyle. You got to change where you've been hanging out, Abraham. In fact, 
my calling and my blessing and my promise to you is going to affect your relationship with family and friends. Might as well make it plain because every one of us knows that when we enter into the covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ and start walking with Him, it affects our relationship with family and friends and everybody. Some of them were able to save and some of them reject us. But there's one thing about it. You can't hang on to the rejectors and hang on to Jesus. You can't keep sitting down at that place at the pub or indulging the flesh in carnal pursuits and hang on to the promise and walk in the Spirit at the same time. To be spiritually minded is life in Christ, but to be carnally minded is death. And the carnal mind is at enmity. That means it's at war with God. There isn't nothing about your carnal nature that just lines up with God. Nothing. Not one bit of your carnal. Well, what's my carnal nature when I murder? No, the carnal nature is the old man that don't want to pray. The old lady that don't like to go to church. That pleasure-monging individual that just wants to do his own thing. I don't ever hurt nobody. I'll kind of serve God in my own heart. Oh, fooey. If you're going to serve God, you're going to enter into the covenant the only way any Gentile can, and that's through the blessing of Abraham, through the promise of the Spirit, and you're going to walk in the steps of faithful Abraham. And God called him out of the year of the Chaldees, separating him from his family, separating him from his past lifestyle, separating him from an idolatrous father and, and influence of family. Separated him. Said, come out, Abraham. And then he promised Abraham many things. He promised him country. He promised him literal land, geography. He promised him that he would have kings. Uh, kings and heads of nations would come out of his loins. Uh, he promised him spiritual blessing. He promised him natural and spiritual blessing. And, and Abraham, uh, the ultimate thing that I've noticed about the blessing to Abraham, the thing that caught my attention because it included me, was the Lord told Abraham, and in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In thee shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. I'm so thankful, Brother Elder, that God never intended for just one nationality or one race or one elite group to be the only ones that had an opportunity to know their God, their creator, their maker, their savior. From the very beginning, he always intended that all nations and kindreds and tongues and peoples and languages would know their God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he called Abraham out. And Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless thee and bless all the nations of the earth through thee. And Abraham was promised, you're going to have kings come out of your loins. Abraham was 75 years old, I believe, when he received the call. He and Sarah had never had a, had a child. God told him, you're going to have a whole passel of kids. 
And they're not going to be the C-average kids at the school either. These are going to be the ones that rule the world. They're going to be the kings and heads of nations. Well, Abraham gets his big blessing and, and his promise. And he tells Sarah, Sarah, man, guess what? We are going to have a whole passel of kids. Now, this is not pre-Diluvian. This is post-flood. This is when people weren't living to 969 years old. This is when they died at around 100 or so, generally. 80 to 100. And they stopped having kids at around 50. It's kind of like today. And so Abraham at 75 tells Sarah, who's 65, we're fixing to have us a house full, honey. She says, yeah, come again, Abraham. But God had made the promise. My Bible tells me that Abraham staggered not through unbelief. He staggered not through unbelief. And he just kept on walking. And five years passed, and there wasn't, uh, uh, Sarah wasn't starting to show. And six years passed, and Sarah was still looking trim is to be expected for 70 year old and you know getting along there and you know she's not a spring chick no more but you know she's still a pretty good looking lady as far as Abraham's concerned and but you know she's not gaining any weight and uh, he's wondering well now what's happening here and 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 and, and 10 years slip by and Abraham's 85 and she's 75 and and they still haven't had that promised son but Abraham understand something God's the one that made the promise I want to talk to you about the promise I'm not talking to you about something that Bill Clinton promised you or even just this preacher promised you or, 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 or your your governor or, or your uh, college professor promised you or, or, or any social program has promised you I'm talking to you about something that God promised you I'm talking to you about God's promise I'm talking about the one when he makes a promise when he makes a promise he keeps it when he makes makes a promise heaven and earth can pass away but his promise will not fail finally Hagar Sarah's handmaid Sarah gets this bright idea you know how come it's always women Eve, Sarah, just kidding. But it is the truth. They're more susceptible to be led astray spiritually. That's why they're so sensitive to spirits. That's why they're so effective in church because they, they sense the spirit sometimes quicker than men do just by their nature. But they need a good, strong man. They need a head. That's just a little side note. They need a, they need a, a something to govern their lives because and boy thank God for women that are sensitive to the Holy Ghost and pray and travail pray people through the Holy Ghost that's why I don't ever forget you may get so spiritual you see visions your eyes roll back in your head you can count angels and but you still that old that old pastor that maybe he didn't see 15 angels that morning you need him in a big way <laughs> you really need him. 
Sarah come up with the idea, hey, God made you a promise. Why don't we see to it that it takes place? And of course, now the men aren't totally innocent. Abraham said, well, maybe God does need our help. And so they came up with a plan and they had a son Hagar gave birth to, who was Sarah's handmaid. And Abraham said, God, between you and me, we got it all handled. Give me five. And Ishmael grew up to be about 13 years old, and he was the only son that Abraham had. And one day some angels dropped by, three of them. And one of them is the angel of the Lord. And he calls on Abraham and says, hey, Abe, you about ready for that boy? Abraham says, I've got him. God said, I'm talking about my promise. Not your religion. Not your tradition. Not what you and grandma worked out. I'm talking about my promise to you. I won't tell you there's nothing, friend of mine, that can replace the promise. There are things that become dear to your heart. You may love them. They may be something that you cherish. They may be so precious to you because of family and tradition or, your, or the fact that it's just something you've embraced without family having anything to do with it. And it, it becomes something that is, that's, that's powerful in your life. And Abraham begged God, the Bible says, he says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Oh, God, let Ishmael be the one. He did. He prayed just like that. God said, I'll take care of Ishmael, but he's not the promise. And he's not the one that the promise is coming through. And the Lord talked with Abraham. The Lord told Abraham in about nine months, you're going to have sounds of new life. Screaming and a kicking in his tent. And Sarah was back there making tortillas. And she heard it. And she snorted real big. <laughs> And the angel of the Lord just walked right back there in the kitchen and said, what you laughing about? She said, I wasn't laughing. Big liar. Wasn't me. But you know one thing about it. Even though she laughed. Even though there was some questions in her mind. She also latched on to the faith of her husband. To the faith of Abraham to the promise God said it's fixing to come to pass just like I told you and just about a year later nine months whatever you know that there was joy that came into that tent of a hundred year old man and a ninety year old woman and God had kept his promise to Abraham my Bible tells me in Hebrews but ye have need of patience do you hear me church do you hear me visitor you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise you may doubt a lot of things but you never doubt the promise don't you ever question the promise God's promises are sure his word is yea and amen everything he said he will do everything 
thing he promised he will perform you have need of patience uh, that after you have done the will of God if you've repented of your sins uh, been baptized in Jesus name uh, and you've been filled with the spirit uh, or you're waiting for the Holy Ghost uh, what you need to do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other don't turn around don't go back uh, don't try to work out your own salvation don't say well maybe this isn't for me maybe God really didn't mean it for me it doesn't matter how long it takes uh, I know the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak uh, so many times it's simply your flesh in the way it's never God holding out on you it is the flesh that is weak uh, and God will perform what he promised and so Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac was a mere spark of hope on an ocean of impossibility Abraham had told Sarah we're going to have a pastel of kids and all they've got is one little child Isaac begat Jacob years are rolling by now Abraham and Sarah gone Jacob begat Joseph and his 11 brethren then that motley crew went down into Egypt for 430 years and they were down there and there arose a Pharaoh which knew not Joseph and he put the children of Israel in bondage and where before they'd been doing all right now it had become laborious been grievous it was a strain it was a torment it was an affliction to them it was a constant trial every day because they had become slaves in the land of Egypt but they were down there for 430 years and the Bible tells me but when the time of the promise drew nigh the time of the promise drew nigh that God had promised to Abraham the people grew and multiplied in Egypt hallelujah they had grew and multiplied Abraham's been in the grave for 400 years and God in his economy he's watching this thing unfold and he's not forgot Abraham 400 years a long time our country's only been established for a couple hundred 220 or so and uh, and 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 430 years later God says oh yeah and by the way I made a promise to Abraham and in the middle of a night that was as dark as pitch at midnight a fiery pillar came down out of the heavens and someone says what's this phenomena what's this taking place I'll tell you what it is it's God keeping his promise it's God remembering his promise to Abraham and there was a pillar of fire that descended and the children of Israel were led out by Moses they were led out of that land of bondage at midnight and they walked out of that place led by that pillar of fire by night and a shimmering cloud by day and God led them out into uh, into victory uh, through the Red Sea as on dry land as the walls of where it describes what happens uh, when this group of people when this group of people are about to perish from lack of water they're out there in the middle of nowhere they, they're, they're not a nation like us there are people that have no, never known what it's like to govern themselves uh, uh, for generations they've been under the whip and now all of a sudden they're out there with one man a leader named Moses uh, following a fiery cloud uh, and they're there and, and they're about to die perish in this desert uh, and, and the Bible says and the Lord 
opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river and he remembered his holy promise to Abraham. Why did he say it like that? I'll tell you why. Because it was the first time since God had promised Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to have kings come out of you. You're going to be the blessing of the earth. Uh, it was the first time since that promise had been made that ever those people had been assembled together in the likeness of a nation. They were amassed together as a nation and they would have perished in that desert. But God opened the rock and the waters gushed out and ran in the dry places like a river. May I also say it doesn't matter how dry the desert is you're walking through if you'll just keep following the cloud the waters will gush out of the rock for you friend of mine I said the waters will gush out of the rock for you they'll run in the dry places like a river if you'll just keep following the cloud and hanging on to the promise God led them through the wilderness and they came to the promised land came to the borders of Canaan. And we all know how they sent 12 spies, one from each tribe in to look at the promised land. And for 40 days they spied. Another police says that they bear witness. They proved the land. They bear proof that it really was a land that flowed with milk and honey. That it was, it was superlative in every description. It was, it was impressive in every way. The crops, the, the, the land, the climate, the, the beauty, the cities, everything that God had promised them. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. And for 40 days, they bear proof. They proved that it was exactly like God had promised them. But remember, you have need of patience that you stagger not. The Bible says in Abraham, staggered not through unbelief. When they came back, they brought, the Bible says, an evil report. And they staggered through unbelief. And Numbers 14, 34, God doesn't say, hey, because you didn't go in and, and, and take that land, that land that flows with milk and honey, I'm upset. He said it this way in Numbers 14, 34. Ye shall know my breach of promise. The promise is everything to him. And he said, for every day that you bear proof that it was what I promised you it was, you're going to wander a year in the wilderness. Because you rejected the promise. I want to tell you, this promise thing is a serious issue. This Holy Ghost is not just, well, it's, you know, I, I, I prefer not to go that far. Friend, you don't have any choice. When God makes a promise and says, this is how I'm going to bless the world. And this is how the world is going to come to know me. And this is the avenue that I have provided. Friends, you got to walk through the ocean. You got to walk out of Egypt. You got to walk through the Red Sea. You got to walk through the wilderness. You got to keep following the cloud. And when it comes time to enter into the land of promise, regardless of how many fears may crop up, you've got to just keep on walking with him. And so they wandered 40 years in the wilderness because of the breach of promise. Because they doubted God's promise. Then the promise changes. It focuses on David. In fact, Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of of Abraham. Now it jumps a lot of generations there. Uh, Abraham didn't beget uh, 
David and David didn't beget Jesus Christ but when you look in the timeline the chronology of it all and you see the the spiritual emphasis that is placed upon those individuals uh, David is dead center in the timeline between Abraham and Jesus Christ and also there are reasons that the promise begins to focus upon upon David uh, Abraham has faded from the scene in the respect of his prominence and now David is the play is in the place of prominence and the and the promise continues to unfold in him and the reason is is because he ultimately was uh, down through the genealogy the son of Abraham not only that but he was the one that for the first time established that nation that God had promised to Abraham David was the one that established that earthly nation I know there was a king before David but if you remember David was just a little boy and that nation was in trouble and they were fleeing from the Philistines under Saul and it was David who even as a child was able to put the Philistines to flight. It was David who established that nation that God had promised Abraham. And so it's the promise uh, that God made to Abraham. The book of the generation of, of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The promise focuses on David and on Jesus because David established the earthly nation and thanks be to God, Jesus established the spiritual nation. Jesus established the nation that he had originally promised to Abraham. Oh! All the kindreds of the earth so the details of the promise the promise I'm talking about this is what God's doing it's all he's doing it's still all he's doing I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is all God's interested in around this world moving of the Holy Ghost in the church moving of the Holy Ghost in sinners hearts moving of the Holy Ghost on the unsaved and unregenerate moving of the Holy Ghost that's what God's doing everything he's still focused on one thing the promise that he made to Abraham so promise unfolds more and it begins to grow begins to be revealed more it's just like getting a, a big Christmas present that can't be put in one box we unwrap part of it we're looking at at, at uh, you know maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a a, a, a bike or something and so you unwrap one deal and here's a wheel and wow and your mind's clicking boy there's got to be more to this you open up another deal and there's a frame and open up another deal and there's another wheel and and open and, and the promise continued to be revealed in a greater way in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 it, the Bible says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace also in Isaiah it said therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel and God continued to speak to the people and then everything got quiet for a little while and God didn't do any talking but then one day all of a sudden an angel appeared to a, a, a virgin woman by the name of Mary and said fear not Mary that which is conceived in thee is of the Holy Ghost and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us and I love the way Hebrews chapter 2 says it, it says for he took not on him the nature of angels this is 1900 years later 
He took not on him the nature of angels. Abraham's bones are just white. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Because God made a promise. And just as... Sister Bertram would come up to the organ. Just as Hagar and Ishmael mocked Isaac. Even so, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the religious world mocked Jesus Christ. And just as Abraham had his faith tried and was commanded to go and offer Isaac on Mount Moriah, even so, the Lord Jesus Christ was offered up as the spotless lamb on Calvary, on Golgotha. And they laid him in a grave and they rolled a stone over the grave and they set a Roman guard in front of that grave. And the devil said, we'll see about your promises now we'll see about this promise thing now and the pharisees said yeah we'll see about this promise you told your disciples uh, to wait for the promise of the father you said uh, i will not leave you comfortless in john chapter 14 but i will come to you and the comforter which is the holy ghost uh, and, and this this promise issue we'll see about that but on the third day said on the third day something began to stir down in the tomb. And the stone was rolled away. And it bounced a time or two. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Lord came climbing up out of that grave like a prize fighter getting up off the ring, getting up off the floor saying, hey, this bout's not over. This thing's not finished. I made a promise. Oh, thank God for the promise. Oh, hallelujah. Because he made a promise. And God keeps his promise no matter what the cost. And he came up out of that grave. And he told him, he said, behold, I send the promise. He said, oh, I just wanted to drop by. I know you guys thought I was gone. But I wanted to remind you about a promise that I made. And the Bible says, I like this part. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, he said, and 40 days, just like 40 days where they were in there looking at the, uh, saying God really keeps track of stuff. I mean, he goes way back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's the ancient of days. He goes, I mean, he, he's on target. He is, so, he is so focused. He's got one thing on his mind, honey. He's got his mind on you getting filled up with the promise. Ain't that right, Sister Teresa? He still gives the promise. Anybody else here witness that he still gives the promise? Hallelujah. 
He showed himself alive to them by many infallible proofs for 40 days. And he talked to them about the promise. And he told them, look, at the end of 40 days, when he was about to ascend off the mount, you know what he said? He said, now go to Jerusalem and wait. You look in Acts chapter 1, wait for the promise just like your just like your ancestors just like the children of Israel after 40 days should have walked into Canaan land he said whatever you do you want me to set up my kingdom he said I want you to understand one thing I'm only interested in one thing and that's the promise that I made that's the promise that I made he had power over death hell and the grave he could have took over the world it was his to do but he had made a promise and he is interested in the promise He said, now don't worry about when I'm going to rule this world. It'll happen soon enough. Whew, and we're getting mighty close to that part. But we're still living in the promised time. Hallelujah. Oh, you need to just latch on to the promise. Take a big long drink of it. Drain the bottle. Get stone drunk on the promise tonight. So they went to Jerusalem. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one place, in one place, in one accord. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Oh, hallelujah. Someone says, well, what does that mean to me? I'll tell you what it means. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that you might receive the promise of the Spirit. That you might receive the promise of the Spirit. You, you. That you might receive the promise of the Spirit. You don't have to worry about whether or not God's doing it or will do it, honey. That's all He's doing in the whole universe. Man. Man. I'm fixing to open this altar up. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you need to fall in step with faithful Abraham tonight. Say, I don't know what the rest of the world's going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to talk to Jesus about the promise. I have decided to open up my heart to the promise. Once you notice, when they got that promise, they all began to speak with other tongues. And every time they got that promise in the whole New Testament, they began to speak with other tongues. You're going to utter things you don't understand. You just expect it. You may not feel like you grabbed 220. You may not feel like you're floating on air. You may not feel like you got hot sudsy water pouring all over you and, and, and warm molasses dripping off your back. I, there's so many different descriptions people give up, but you may not feel any of that. But one thing you'll do, you'll speak with other tongues. I've been bearing witness of it for a few years. Someone says, but I didn't even know Abraham. How am I going to get in on this promise? Well, I'll just tell you, I'm not an Israelite either. 
I was a sinner. My Bible tells me that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for these folks here all dressed up like this. No. He died for them folks when they was all smoking cigarettes and drinking booze and living in immorality. You think we're shouting because we're good? No, we're shouting because he's good. We're shouting because he's merciful. We're shouting because he kept his promise, not because we kept ours. Wow! Woo! And I'm going to wrap this thing up right here on this verse, but I love this verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. says, At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. You know what that means? An alien is somebody, they go into a country, they can't work there, they're not allowed to do things, they have to have their little visa, they're not really a citizen of that country, they don't have the rights and privileges of that country. And today, I've got to tell you, we're still aliens to the commonwealth. As far as the physical blessings of the land God promised them over there and certain things of their na as a nation, that, that's theirs. That's the commonwealth. That's the earthly blessing. But the biggest portion was the spiritual blessing. And we weren't aliens to that, honey. We were just strangers to it. I pulled into Hutch, and I was a stranger to Hutch. I've got the same currency everybody else. I have the same privileges. The, the police are going to protect me if somebody tried to uh, abuse me or my family just as much as they uh, protect you because I'm just a stranger here, but I still have all the privileges you have. You see, you may not have known about the promise. You were just strangers to the covenants of promise. But today, I'm telling you, Hey, the Walmart's right down the street here. You can get your gas right over here. Uh, uh, you may not have known about the promise, but I'll tell you how it is. The, the filling up station's right up here at the altar. The, the promise, oh, it just, it just flows like a river up here. It gushes out of the rock. It flows in the dry places. Uh, hallelujah. Well, just come and fill up with the promise. Stagger not through unbelief. If you want the Holy Ghost tonight, if you want to take yourself a good long drink tonight, if you just want to renew that promise and that covenant and that relationship, won't you come? Now I want, I want those, most of us, uh, let, let the, the new converts and those that want the Holy Ghost get up here at the front first and then we'll all just fill in in just a minute after we sing one or two times. But understand something. It's God's promise to you. It's God's promise. Hallelujah. Well, coming down, down, down. Coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? As the saints begin to pray. For the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down.
Oh, coming down, down, down. Coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down. You need to push your way out of your pew. You need to just come on up and say, I'm going to lay hold on the promise. I'm going to lay hold on the promise. It's time for me to receive the promise. Hallelujah. To receive it just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Oh, hallelujah. It's coming down, down, down. That's right, sister. Oh, the glory. Hallelujah. God's going to fill this lady up with the promise. He's going to renew her spirit in the promise. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Yes, yes, coming down, down, down.